It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Rise and shine, rise and shine. Hey, hey, wake up. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we're about to begin boarding. If we could ask for your cooperation, would you all please remain seated? Well, how'd you sleep last night? I don't believe that's any of your business. <laughs> if you go to a Bansy Fall and you want to have a Prince and Hansel all in fub with you, don't forget to slop your dripper. <laughs> Mr. Nightlinger, what's for breakfast? Dude, apples, bacon, and biscuits. Well, forget the apples. Slap some bacon on a biscuit and let's go. You're on the high ground with Craig Flowers. T.Y. Henderson. I'm hearing a little bit of an echo. I am uh, prepared here. How about you? I'm prepared as well. Allons-y! Ah, good morning, Texas. Ah, good morning, Texans. And everybody, anybody getting here as fast as you possibly can. Oh, but remember why you're coming. By golly, remember what you left and don't mess with Texas. Yes, indeed, there are. There may be a lot of states that are great. But as we know, there's only one great state. Learn it. Know it. Live it. God save the queen, man. That's what they say out there, evidently, uh, this week. T.Y. pushing the buttons, as they say up in Schenectady behind the glass. My name is Craig Flowers. You are listening to The High Ground on the banks of 360, AM 1260, 1019-1049, streaming live on the Horn app and at hornfm.com. Seated to my right, your left. Oh, he's a very special Operations helicopter pilot with 10 combat deployments, the former defensive back for UC Davis, the Aggie. He's the pride of East Austin and my dear friend right there in the heart of Texas. Everybody's talking about him. The one, the only, Jamie. Frazier. Everybody talking about Jamie Frazier. Good morning, my friend. Good morning. A tough night for TCU. Oh, my gosh. Right out of the gate. Yeah. Yeah. A little Oral Roberts putting a little sting. And then, uh, you know, the pit, yeah, the pitcher that came out of the pen, Savage, is normally lights out, but not so much, Jamie. You got a couple t- six to five games yesterday. Yeah. Forward to beat Virginia. A, yeah. Now uh, the little uh, Texas team in Fort Worth is going to have to face off against the Virginia Cavaliers tomorrow. Uh, Love the bracket, love the setup, but hey, maybe it maybe it is ORU's year. The ball certainly has been bouncing their way. Um, their nine-hole hitter hitting a three-run home run to go up six to five. Normally, Savage is lights out for the little private school in Fort Worth, but um, we'll see. A lot of baseball left. Anything can happen. Coming out of that loser's bracket, though, I've been in that loser's bracket. You come out of the... You lose that first one, man. It's a tough road, all because of pitching, really. You run out of pitching. Plus, you got to play there in 
you don't get to play at night. You get you typically get a you know one o'clock, two o'clock start on in the losers bracket and in Omaha it is hot and you don't want to be wearing black over black as your uniform choice, which is what Vandy did uh, against Tennessee um, last night, I guess. They were in black over black. We did that when we were down in Tallahassee when Army played uh, Florida State and South Alabama and then were eliminated by Auburn. And we let our players choose the uniform. They picked black over black. It was brutal. Hot, hot Jamie Frazier, as they say. What's going on with your podcast? I listened to uh, a couple downloads on the way on my drives throughout the great state. And uh, yeah. got any new drops this week? Uh, no, actually, because Joe was on vacation for the week. And uh, we are starting up again uh, this week. We should have like three drop this uh, this week. But we just had uh, Will Rome and the Chief Texan. He was on there. That's a good hour and 20 minutes of talking to Will Rome. And he's interesting. Interesting individual, entrepreneur, true Texan, born and raised here in Texas, went to the University of Texas, and then started had, how he started a boot company here in Austin, Texas. So uh, he's he's a good he was really a, a good guy to have on on the podcast. Speaking of boots, Jamie and I both wear um Chisos boots. If you're interested in a boot for life, a boot that you don't even realize you're wearing, one you can wear twelve hours a day. You can wear it all night if you want. Chisos boots. Right here in the heart of the great state, uh, by the chief Texan. They're, as Jamie says, just like leather slippers. Right out of the box, no need to break them in. They're this, in the insole and the the old craftsmanship is just remarkable. The choices now are are expanding, and and I've got uh, several pairs of them to include the wild caught Texas Gator out there in East Texas. Uh, they're able to get some. Gator skins and turn them into the most comfortable. I wore them in our daughter's wedding. Chisos boots. Go to chisos.com. And of course, Chisos boots, Jamie. Chisos boots, they they bring us the Chisos boots morning story. The morning story. A fishing tale. A fishing tale. As a young boy growing up in San Antonio, my grandfather was a welder. He worked in city public service there in San Antonio. And every time we went to the park there, Oftentimes in the evening after my grandfather put in a long day's work, I would fish five, six, seven years old. I must have been. And I just couldn't understand why people didn't fish more often. I'd love to fish in any body of water that we drove by on a family trip. I would just look out and wonder how big a fish is in that pond. I still love to fish. In 1983, I was just back from my First year of college at Anger College, the R had fallen off the student center sign, so I was at Anger College for the first week. I had just come back from the freshman year, and I saw that a local fire department was hosting a bass tournament. I quickly signed up and put in my $30 entry fee, went back and organized my tackle box, and of course I didn't have a boat, so I had to sign up for a partnership in a boat. Sure enough, a boat sponsored me and said, absolutely, you can be in the back of the boat of my boat to share the gas expenses, and sure, I did. Oh, the morning before the tournament was an exciting one. I went out, sharpened all my hooks, got everything organized, line ready, drag set, lubers tied on with a polymer knot, took the family station wagon to the lake where we all were going to gather and meet the tournament officials. 
exciting to be there. I arrived early in the family station wagon with the wooden sides of the station wagon. I always got a kick out of that. A lot of friends gave me grief for driving that. I love that vehicle. I got up to the registration and I was informed that although 12 boats were entered into the bass fishing tournament, only 11 had arrived that morning and the boat that I was supposed to be with, well, the gentleman had decided not to fish after all. 11 boats launched that morning for the fishing tournament. I was left on the shore. I was 18 years old. Situational awareness, self-awareness, and then an action. That's what a junior college can teach you. It's what being in the military can teach you. Jamie and I both know that. As the 11 boats went out to compete in this bass fishing tournament, I sat on the shore and just wondering, is there anything I can do right now to compete in this tournament? About that time, I looked, and to the left, back in the woods, there was a wooden dock that jetted out deep into the lake. It started back in the woods, but it went out about 150 feet or so. And right at the end of that wooden dock, I noticed that there were some fish feeding. Probably smaller bait fish, I opined. But I made my way across the dilapidated dock all the way out to the end. And I could see that some bass were feeding just, just above the hydrilla. The water was about 15 feet deep and the hydrilla was in large strands. And the bait fish were trapped at the top of the water and the bass were indeed feeding. I went back, retied some lures, a Mr. Twister worm back then, you might remember, fellow fisherman. And I stood out on that wooden dock and made a long, long cast with my Mag Force, Daiwa Mag Force. Had the magnets on zero so I could cast it as far as I possibly could. I raised the fishing rod above my head and reeled as fast as I could, keeping the worm just above tickling the tops of the hydrilla grass. Sure enough, a, a V, a V form, like a fish was coming to the worm. Boom, I caught my first fish, about a two-pounder. I had a stringer, an old blue stringer in the bottom of my tackle box. I tied him on, I made another cast. This went on for 30, 45, an hour and a half. I had a stringer of about 11 bass, all weighers. It was now about 8.30 in the morning, and the official who was in the the boat that was traveling around back then, there were no live whales, really. The official would just drive around, weigh people's fish, and then they would release them. He came by me and said, hey, I'm awful sorry. He saw me on the dock. I'm awful sorry your, your boat didn't arrive today. And I said, okay, that's fine. Can I weigh some fish? He was shocked. He said, you have fish? I weighed my fish. He couldn't believe what I was catching right from the bank. Weigh-in was at 1 o'clock that afternoon. The bite waned. The bite changed. The fish quit biting from the dock. Oh, but I had already loaded up a stringer full. As the boats came in at 1 o'clock, some around 1230, one of the fishermen said, hey, I know I'm sorry you didn't get to take your boat out, but if you want to take mine out, you got about 15 minutes before they blow the horn. I jumped in his boat, ran across the lake where I knew some fish were, caught one more kicker bass, came back, and won the tournament. $350 for an 18-year-old back in 1983. No boat. Situational awareness. Self-awareness. 
I'm so glad I didn't get back in that station wagon and drive home and sulk. Oh, I think we all need to fish more. June's been a great month in the great state of Texas. Some unbelievable fish are being caught. If you get a chance, take a kid fishing. Be aware of the situation and adapt. And that's the Chisos Boots morning story. I had 350 bucks, Jamie. What would I do with it? I don't know. If you're a West Virginia head football coach, you might make uh, try to make bail. Just, what happened there? I haven't heard that. <laughs> Coach Bob Higgins just got arrested for DUI. Huggy Bear? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, did that happen last night? Yep. Ah, uh, Mr. Huggy Bear. <sighs> Hire for talent, fire for behavior. Yeah. 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 That's, that's what makes this country the... How's it go? Do you remember what, remember what he said? Nope. It's what it's it's what makes America the best country in America. Something like that. I can't remember. I have to go back and listen. Uh, we've got a college football coach calling in here in just a couple of minutes. You're going to want to hear this story. Uh, a remarkable historic college in the great state where they first started playing football in 1897. Jamie, can you believe that? Nope. You're going to hear more about it when we come back from the high ground. Ty. This is Trace Atkins, and I still can't believe Flowers has his own radio show. Unbelievable. Ah, you never can tell who we're going to have here on the high ground. A couple weeks ago, it was G.J. Kinney, the new head skipper, the head coach over at Texas State University, uh, under the careful, helpful eye of Coach Dave Bailiff, who's there assisting him, the governor of Texas coaches. G.J. Kinney had enough foresight to say, hey, you know what, I think I should bring back Coach Bailiff and have him look for blind spots. Jamie Frazier, um, what other schools did you consider playing football in before you went to UC Davis? Uh, you know, UCLA, UCLA USC, uh, Notre Dame, um, Florida State, uh, Boston College. Um, I considered a lot, but uh, none of them were interested. <laughs> How did you get with? UC Davis well, and your I mean, teammates were Peterson. Yeah, but there were there were basically you know two major feeder schools that are you know college that look at the normal area it was Sacramento State and UC Davis. They're both uh, Division two football, and at the time and they're both Division one now. But I mean, there's there's no way that you um, we had the I mean I had the uh, the athletic ability to be in size to be at uh, the D ones. Which I mean, the ones that everyone you know, the, the, there's huge schools, and and we really never had guys go. We had a couple guys go Air Force Academy um, from high school, but uh, no, I mean, never thought of it as being a career or you know really big school. You're lucky to get uh, you know D two D three looks. Well, coming to the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina. Hotline. Always remember the Cantina is a gentleman out of Abilene. Remember, Abilene has three schools right there at the D1, D2, D3 level. And uh, he is the offensive coordinator of the Cowboys of Hardin Simmons. 
Coach Jeff Whitehead. He works with us at the uh, Air It Out Academy and Camps in Abilene. And now he is uh, not only the offensive coordinator, he's joining us here on the high ground. Coach Whitehead, so glad you're here. Tell us about your program. Hey, Craig, thanks for having me. Uh, you know, Hardin-Simmons has been a traditional powerhouse in Division Three football uh, going since 1990. Uh, I've been fortunate enough to be the offensive coordinator since 2011. Uh, Coach Alan Wardis, who runs the Air It Out camps, uh, was my co- college offensive coordinator. He retired uh, at the end of the 2010 season, and I was fortunate enough to get that job. And then uh, we built a very consistent winner uh, we're 64 and 16. Our last 80 games, we've been ranked uh, in the top 15 in the nation every week in the rankings since 2015. Uh, we've made five national playoff appearances and uh, played really good offense and blessed to have great coaches. I work for a great head coach, Jesse Burleson. I've got great guys that help me on the offensive side of the ball, and uh, we've just got some great student athletes that I think do it the right way and, and for the right reasons. Coach, it's a beautiful campus as well, and you and I have worked with one another now for several years in Abilene. And when you look at the uh, D3 program, and, you know, you started, Hardin-Simmons started football back and, I mean, it ended football for a while. I mean, you started playing in 1897, for crying out loud. And then in 1990, the football program starts up again, and it has Coach, I guess, Jimmy Keeling for – what, 21 years or so, and yes, sir. it's just a remarkable story right there in the, in, you know, the, in big country, and y'all are often playing for championships. Talk about your athletes for a little bit and what you look for at the D3 program as the offensive coordinator. Coach Jeff Whitehead is with us, offensive coordinator for Hardin-Simmons. You know, we really look for the total package. Yeah, I mean, we just uh, – we, we say maybe in some people's opinion that we look at it a little backwards, but it's worked for us. Uh, the first thing that we look for in all of our student athletes is character. I mean, that's going to be the first thing that we visit with a young man's high school coach about is what kind of guy is he? And we're not big on, well, coach, he's a really good player, but, you know, you're, you're really going to have to keep your thumb on him. He could be trouble. Uh, there's too many great kids in the state of Texas. Uh, we're, if you don't pass the character check, then we're, we're probably done at that point. And then after that, we're looking for a strong academic uh, background, uh, a kid that can handle the rigors of a, of a college education. So, you know, we want them to check out academically. We want them to have a high SAT, ACT score. We want their core GPA to be, you know, upwards of 3.5, 4.0 in that range there. Uh, and then thirdly, we're looking for the best high school football players in the state of Texas that want an opportunity to play for a tradition-rich program, get a great education, play football at a super high level. And uh, luckily, there's just a ton of kids that fit that bill in the state of Texas. It's so interesting. Jamie, uh, when you look at, you know, the D2 program where you were, uh, and now we're talking about D3 where with, you don't have, they don't have football scholarships at, at the D3 level. They, I, there's no football scholarships at uh, D3 at all? 
Coach? No, sir. Everything that we do, everything that we do <clears throat> is com- completely aid-based, federal aid, state aid, uh, academic scholarships are awarded, uh, things like that. So we try to put as competitive a package as we can, but none of it is purely tied to the athletics. I'll tell you what, it's 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 just the love of the sport, and that's what I'm looking at now. It's the uh, you know the D ones, the the monsters in uh, in college football. They're just going to be the farm league for the NFL now. And if you really want to watch college football, you're going to watch uh, Division two, Division three football. That's what I'm yeah. It's so it's interesting. Coach Whitehead is with us, offensive coordinator for Harden Simmons. Coach, uh, how does the portal impact a d3 program that is going to compete for a national championship nearly every year um yeah how does that do do y'all shop the portal as i say the yard sale we do sure yeah i mean absolutely we're in there looking you know we're we're looking for a needle in a haystack because it's got to be that perfect fit it's got to check all the boxes with the character the academic prowess all that type stuff, but we're absolutely looking in the portal. And then at the same time, you know, we're also leery of bigger division two schools, division one schools, uh, also trying to poach some of our really good players. And, and there's Mm. a little fear, uh, that you get a young player as a freshman and he comes in and he's all conference or the freshman of the year or something like that. And then all of a sudden he's like, you know, I think I could probably make a jump. And so they put together a highlight video and jump in the portal, and and now they're trying to move up. So it really kind of goes both ways. You're re-recruiting your own players all the time to keep them there. And then, you know, we're always trying to fill gaps and fill holes in in our upcoming season, and and the portal is definitely a way to do that. Fascinating. It has got to be a challenge for you. Talk about the university itself, a little bit about – you know, for yes, those sir. that have never sure. been there, I mean, you think of Abilene, you think of Abilene Christian University, perhaps McMurray, and and sometimes you drive by one of the most beautiful, stunning um, campuses. It's kind of ideal for some some students and athletes. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, it's you know we're we're extremely proud of it. Forty acres, we think it's beautiful, well kept. Uh, you can walk from one side of the campus to the other in less than ten minutes. Uh, you know, we're going to provide pretty much every major that you could think of. We're actually opening an engineering department this fall, so we're super excited about that. But, you know, kind of the things we're known for in our football program is tur- in, is turning out uh, guys in the business field. We have tons of business majors, and then we have lots of guys that come here and end up wanting to coach. So we put out a lot of Texas high school teachers and coaches and then guys that also go on to coach at the college level as well. Uh, but it's just a beautiful campus. Uh, we think, you know, we think what makes Harden Simmons special, what we what we try to sell in the recruiting process are the people. We think there's a Harden Simmons way of doing things. And whether it's a football coach, an English professor, the woman that works in the cafeteria or anyone, all of your dealings with people at Harden Simmons are just going to be top notch, first class. And uh, and I think that's all the way from the top down. Our president, Eric Bruntmeyer, is extremely personable and very passionate about Harden Simmons and our and our mission and what we're trying to do. Um, you know, so I mean, it's it's just a really I, I love Abilene. I'm a graduate of Harden Simmons, an alum, and uh, I just think Abilene's a great college town with those three universities in it. And you can definitely tell, uh, you know, from August till May. Abilene's a certain way when school's going, and you can certainly tell when school's not in session as well. 
Yeah, Jamie, you know, I spend a lot of the month of June in Abilene. Oftentimes I'm shoulder to shoulder with Coach Whitehead uh, on the field and watching him coach and, and as an offensive coordinator is so interesting. But Abilene, Jamie, is 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 growing like you, you, like most of the state. I mean, like everything, I guess, in, in Texas, you know, North Texas and obviously Austin's expanding and New Braunfels. And, but a- Abilene – you know, it's really um, kind of blowing up there. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of infrastructure going in, and and when you look at, you know, coach, do you, do you do you benefit from players coming in looking at all three universities there in Abilene? Like, a kid comes in and he's visiting Abilene Christian University, and you know, you're you're, you're what four miles from Abilene Christian? Oh yeah, probably more like two, but yeah, I mean we're. You know, one thing about us in the recruiting process is we encourage everyone to look at as many options as they want to. Uh, you know, we, we're extremely proud of our product, and we'll pit it up against anybody. Uh, so we're definitely not the kind that says, hey, you need to shut your recruiting down or don't go look at them. Uh, we're very proud of our, uh, of our university, of the academic uh, degree that we can help you get there, plus the athletic side of things, plus the spiritual growth. That's what I I really enjoy about our university is it's not something we have to shy away from. Uh, you know, we're going to be able to touch on the spiritual side of things as well and help these young men grow. Uh, you know, our head coach says all the time, you know, we're the we're the last bridge in the gap between young man and real man, and we and we take that very serious, and we're going to try to create guys that are ready to go out into the workforce and be tremendous employees, be great husbands, be great fathers, and then have a heck of a four years playing college football at an extremely high level. And Coach, do you guys get very many uh, junior college transfers? We get a handful. Yeah. Uh, it's not been a. It's not. A, it, it sometimes doesn't check all of our boxes the way it needs to. But but we have had some, and the ones that have come have been great fits, great players, and uh, and have done a great job. But majority of our transfers are going to come uh, from the Division two or Division one level. Uh, we've had guys, you know, we've had guys go walk on at certain schools and just didn't like the walk on experience as much at a Division one school, and they really want to find. A place where they're going to have a chance to be an all-conference player or be a contributing member of the team, and sure. and uh, we get a lot of those type guys. But yeah, m- majority of our transfers are going to come from the Division One and Two level. Hmm. Coach, talk a little bit about the offense you run last year's season and what you're looking at this year. Yeah, uh, you know we're going to be a spread, no huddle. Uh, we're going to, you know. In this day and age, I just I don't think there's a such thing as balanced anymore, or, or in terms of being 50-50. But we're gonna we're gonna consider balanced whatever it takes to win that game we're playing. So, you know, one game you may look up and we're a 70% run team and a 30% pass team, and then the very next week we may be a 70% pass team and a 30% run team. So we're gonna we're gonna be diverse in that. Uh, but but we are gonna we are gonna hang our hat on running the football successfully, physically, and also throwing it around the yard uh, efficiently, effectively. Uh, last year's team, last year's team was nine and two. Uh, we finished, I believe, eleventh in the country in the final poll. Um, 
lost in the first round playoffs to a really good Trinity team. They beat us 14 to seven in the playoffs in San Antonio. And, uh, you know, we think we've got a really good team coming back where we've got a returning quarterback and I'll brag on him for just a second. His name's Galen Glenn. And, and he kind of epitomizes what I think a division three football player, student athlete is he's, He's already in his MBA program, so he's already graduated with an undergraduate degree, working towards his MBA. He's never made a B his entire time that he's been in college. He's been our starting quarterback, and at the same time, even during the season, he works between 20 and 30 hours a week as the manager of our on-campus fitness center. So he is uh, he's as good as they make him. He's a talented kid. He was all-conference last year. I'm looking for him to be a offensive player of the year of the conference type player and and hopefully lead us to a championship coach when you look at that loss last year to trinity uh, you've got to talk about their quarterback who's you know he may have a chance to play on sundays and that's tucker horn out of graham high school another fifth year senior similar to your quarterback it seems to me as you look at the 2023 season that you know, all roads are going to end up uh, eventually. Harden, Simmons, and Trinity are going to meet again with two very seasoned and talented QBs. Yeah, that definitely could be the case. You know, it's funny. You know, I, I can remember Tucker when he was in the seventh grade coming to air it out. So I've I've watched him grow up. Got to know his dad real well. His two younger brothers. Uh, he actually took a high school recruiting trip to uh, to Harden Simmons and ended up going to ACU and then transferred to Trinity. He's a great quarterback. Uh, he made the big play in the game last year that kind of was the decider, and uh, and and they're going to have a great team coming back. Uh, you know, right now the Division Three landscape in Texas really there's three dominant programs between Mary Harden Baylor, Harden Simmons, and Trinity, uh, and and those three teams I think have a chance to be as good as any of the three t- any other teams in in the nation in 2023. Yeah, no doubt about it, Jamie. It's a if you haven't been to a D3 football game, it is, it's just great football. Uh, and Hardin-Simmons, Jamie, their stadium is remarkable. I got to watch Mary Hardin-Baylor and Hardin-Simmons play at Hardin-Simmons a few years ago. And it was, it was a great fan experience. And we ought to, we ought to try to go to a D3 pro, a school uh, football game uh, th- this year and look at their schedules. So, Coach, uh, talk about your, your schedule coming up and what, what your plan looks like for the summer. Yeah, you know, we're kind of wrapping up camp season, going to have a little bit of downtime the 1st of July, and then we'll get back together as a staff uh, mid-July and start mapping the plan out for this season. Uh, we, I believe our, our student-athletes report on August 8th, and we'll have our first day of fall camp on August 10th. And then we will actually open up uh, Friday, September 1st. Normally, obviously, college football is on Saturdays, but we're actually opening up on Friday night. going to have Friday night lights, September 1st. And uh, we're, we're bringing in Albright College out of Reading, Pennsylvania, and they're going to come. Uh, that'll be our first ball game. And then uh, right after that, we're going to get on an airplane and fly to uh, Lacrosse, Wisconsin, and play Wisconsin Lacrosse. And we think that game will be two top ten teams playing each other, second game of the year. Uh, and, and, and that's kind of the Wisconsin Conference's 
kind of thought of as the SEC of Division Three. So going up there and trying to beat a team out of that conference will be a great challenge for our guys and something that we're looking forward to. And then uh, we'll come back and start conference play and hopefully get off to a good start. And then about the seventh or eighth ball game, we'll we'll tee it up with those guys from Belton and 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 let the chips fall where they may. And hopefully uh, this will be our year to win the championship. Talk about for the love of the game, Jamie. Uh, at that at that level, uh, and you go to a game like that. I mean, it is everyone's all in. The players, it's just it just makes you it gives you hope uh, when you watch uh, these young men competing out there and at, in uh, Abilene, Hardin. I didn't realize y'all traveled so much like that, and uh, obviously don't have the budgets that the big boys have. But uh, a, a team from Pennsylvania coming down to play in Abilene. That's going to be – is your roster primarily Texas kids, Coach? It is. It's about 99% uh, Texas kids. And then, you know, we have a giant roster. Like, I mean, we're expecting we're expecting August 8th to have between 225 and 250 student-athletes check in on that day. So, I mean, we're, there's a lot of guys that, A, are capable of continuing to play college football – and B, just want that opportunity to get to keep playing. So we've got a giant roster. Uh, we've got uh, going to have between 225 and 250 players. And, uh, but, yeah, about 99% of them will be from the state of Texas. Wow. Coach Jeff Whitehead with us from Hardin-Simmons, the offensive coordinator for the Cowboys there. Just a great season last year in anticipation of another one this year. Uh, Coach Whitehead, thanks for uh, joining us, and I will – See you uh, in Abilene very soon again as we conclude the the final camps of uh, Air It Out. I always enjoy working with you. You're a great teacher of the game and a great mentor for so many. Hey, I appreciate it, Craig. Thanks for the time and thanks for letting me come on and uh, talk about the great place, Hardin-Simmons University and, and our football program. Thanks a lot. You bet. We'll be back from the banks of 360. T.Y. I love the nightlife. I love my bird life. I'm too slow for working too fast. I don't do windows, so honey, don't ask. But I'm pretty good at drinking beer. All right, here we go. T.Y., listen, I love that song, but uh, I think uh, Jamie and I both agree. We'll just put that, set that one aside and go with another one. Um, down the road, I, I, that. I love that song. Billy Currington uh, actually, I think he was in in Austin this week. Yeah, I heard that on the the B and E. He was just down the road. In fact, in there was some great talent, music talent this week in Austin. Jamie, when you uh, listen to Coach Whitehead, man, that that D three experience, two hundred and twenty five players on a roster. That's that's a lot. Yeah, that was a, that was pretty amazing that you have that many kids that still want to play football and and you know have the college experience. But I mean, it's going to get to the point where you know you're really only going to watch real college football, Division two, Division three. So yeah, for the purest in college football, that's what's going to happen. And because D one football, tie way in here, is going to be professional football. It is professional football now. It has been quite it's close. Time. The SEC and these big these big mega conferences is definitely it's definitely moving in that direction.
Well, the SEC. It just costs more over in the SEC. Well, did you see uh, they, they came out the schedule for 2024? They did. Did you watch yeah. that? Did you look at that, Al? Yeah, Texas, I, I heard. I just listened to T.Y. and Aaron break it down. But go ahead. No, Texas A&M. Uh, back, in the, back in the game, we're going to play Texas A&M at College Station. Uh, Georgia will be a home game here in 2024. I mean, it, it'll be very exciting. Almost every week will be something amazing. I guess we're going to play Michigan too that that year too. So I have never been to a Texas Texas A&M football game. Really? I have no point of reference uh, for that. That's two alumni bases that are, you know, heavily involved in that. And as as an I just never – I hardly even watch the game. And I know it's a big game for the great state, and I know it's a – but it's it's not one that, that uh, you know, Texas OU is the one I always watch and go to. And they preserve that, which is great too. Yeah, that, that had to be a balancing act for sure, all those schedules. It's kind of an if-then type deal. Man, this thing on uh, West Virginia basketball coach, Coach Huggins, is – getting tweeted about quite a bit now evidently they had renegotiated his contract so they could have a little more control it was going to be a year-to-year deal and this is not helpful for the for the veteran coach uh, maybe it'll the, be a year to no year deal yeah <laughs> i'm going to Amar- amarillo amarillo tomorrow oh that drive's gonna hurt uh, Amarillo, you know what Amarillo is in Spanish? You know what it is and uh, what it translates to, T.Y.? I do not. Yellow. Yellow. <laughs> Should have known Jamie. that. Yeah. Jamie speaks a little Spanish. A little... What about Llano? We say Llano. What about Llano? You got that one, T.Y.? No, I do not. Flat. Hmm. What about Techo? Nope. Uh, Roof. Not that one. Techo bar. The roof. Roof bar. Yeah. There you go. Hmm. Things you learn little, on the high ground. That's right. It's a little, Sp- it's a little Spanish uh, that an interesting, lesson uh, that we have there. I, yeah. fail, I, I got pretty close to failing Spanish, so I stopped taking and I took German in high school. So See? Easier. Hmm. Aleman. Das ist gut. Yeah. What were you going to say, Jamie? Uh, yeah, I had an interesting experience today or about two days ago at Gold's Gym. Oh, tell us more uh, escapades at Gold. Well, I do I do the sauna like three or four times a, a week, and uh, so I was in there, and there was no one in the sauna, and a guy came in, and uh, you know, thirty year old guy came in, pretty big, and uh, he uh, he was cussing on the he had his earbuds in and he had his phone out and he was cussing at, at what I believed he was mad at somebody on the other end of the, of the phone that he was talking about. Right. So he comes in right. and he starts cussing and cussing. Then he, he sits down. He's 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 not really agitated, but he, he looks over at me and then he starts he cusses again. So I take my earbud out because I think now I'm going to be <clears throat> in Mortal Kombat in the sauna at Gold's Gym wearing a nothing but a <laughs> towel. And I'm like, okay, this is going to go down some. This is going to go down weird. I don't know what I did to this guy. I never saw him before in my life, but he was upset because he was he was using profanity every. Every couple seconds, so I take my earbud out and I say, "What'd you say?" And he goes, "Oh, I'm sorry, sir. I have Tourette's." <laughs> it was, 
I felt so bad, and then he was a really nice guy. But I thought we were going to do Mortal Kombat there for about three three seconds. Was it just the two of you? In that the was song? it. That was it. That was it. Yeah. <laughs> Did it get to the point where that where your adrenaline started pumping, or you hadn't yeah. activated that yet? No, it was a little bit of that because I thought I thought this was going to happen right now. <laughs> Cage match, sauna, go. <laughs> Towel, towels off. Yeah, towels go. off. Go. Joking a guy out. That'd be great. Oh yeah. No, I felt sorry. I was like, he was a nice guy, but you know, <laughs> I don't know. When you walk in, you start uh, using profanity, and you're the only other person in the sauna. You're like, man, what did I do? So he didn't even realize because he had his headphones in that he was he was throwing deep I some guess. colorful language out I there. Yes. Oh, well. Do you see where uh, Deion Sanders might lose his foot now? They are, they oh, no, it's, yeah, it's come, come back. Yeah, they've already amputated uh, two of his toes, but they're, they're having blood flow problems for his left foot. And they're they're actually thinking they may have to amputate it. It sucks. Mm. Neon, yeah, that's, that's not good. No. I don't know what that was, but I remember they, they followed him along through his first procedures, and he – he was prepared. He had prepared himself mentally to, you know, lose the foot. And that's just tough to hear. Yeah. That could happen again. Oh, my gosh. Um, the Dr. Eckert uh, has been working on this thing called the Brain Vault. And it, it, he's getting some incredible feedback now and data, some say data, on how this appliance can really strengthen the neck and reduce the likelihood of concussions. And as parents get ready for the July and August camps, as you heard Coach uh, Whitehead talking about, Harden Simmons, they all get back in April 8th. I mean, uh, August 8th, what am I saying, April? August 8th, uh, really... Parents, and when I look back at our daughter playing lacrosse, they, they both played lacrosse there at Westlake. I wished we would have had some science, an appliance like Dr. Eckert is is making over there too, because one of our daughters did get a concussion, a severe concussion, which kind of ended ended her lacrosse um, playing career in in high school. And then she had to wear these glasses for a long time to she was getting these headaches, and and so. You know, not only is it for football, and they're working with the NFL and a bunch of other college teams and um, Texas Tech and a bunch of others, but I'm gonna I'm gonna try to link them up with G.J. Kinney and Coach Bailiff over there, at Texas State. But parents really look at the the Brain Vault uh, mouth appliance that really strengthens the neck and reduces the the risk of concussions. They they've got literally thousands and thousands of cases now of that they can prove how effective this is, has been. And Jamie, I think eventually there'll be application for our special operations community. And what you know, uh, you're very familiar with those guys um, having flown them around all over the world. Um, they are vulnerable to concussions, perhaps more than any group uh, of athletes that, that are playing sports. Would you see the, uh, I mean, they're they're making advancements all over the place. But did you see LSU's new uh, air conditioned football helmet? I did. Yeah. 
How did, how did, I wonder how that works. I don't know, but I'm like, I'm thinking about back at, uh, back at high school. I'd love to have one at, uh, where I went to school is so hot. You're like air conditioned football helmet. Oh, that would have helped a lot. I oh, mean, yeah. we had, <laughs> are they the only team that's doing the AC yeah. helmet? That's the only one I saw. I don't know. Hmm. Wonder what an AC helmet costs and how, what do you got to put Freon in it or something? I don't know. What do you what do you put in that thing? You got got some machine or or is it just a fan? No, I, I wonder yeah. if it's really. I don't know, but I'm just like. How much is it? How wait. much is it? Can you find out, Ty? How much? It, we're we're going all the way to the end here, so we're not going to take a break. Working but, on it. Yeah, I want to see how much an, an AC football helmet. Is. I mean, yeah, in, in football products, you always liked. All right, helmets in high, especially in high school, college they didn't care, but all right, helmets off. You're like, oh, now you're like, oh, leave the helmets on. Little AC, <laughs> yeah, helmets on. Maybe I'll get one. Wear it playing golf. Yeah, cool you down. I mean, yeah, could keep your head cool. Plus, it's safety. You can't hit by a golf ball in the head. I want to find out how much one of those. I don't. I don't think Harden Simmons is going to have the D three program out of Abilene. I don't. I don't think their two hundred twenty five person roster is going to have AC helmets. Surprise! Love two hundred twenty five helmets. <laughs> I know it's the first thing I thought of was the laundry. I'm next time I'm over there, I'm going to say, "Hey, coach, walk me through your laundry procedure." Uh, it's a take-home. Pro- it's a take-home project. That's right. Th- think about it. When when we, I know when we finished practice at TCU baseball practice, we had these net bags with a huge uh, safety pin, a giant safety pin. And we would throw all of our dirty laundry in this thing and then throw it in a bin. And then some great trainer or great manager would come in and roll it out. And then the next day, all of our stuff, our bag would be hanging in our in our locker. Magically. <laughs> Magically. Okay, so I think I found some information here. Um, Send it. It's The cooling system is called the Football Cyclone V2. And it is installed into the helmets. It holds a five-hour charge and is available on the company's website for $185. That's cheap. So, you know, with Texas, or sorry, a, a Revo Speed helmet, which most of them wear, is like 500 bucks. So all together, you know, little 700 addition. Yeah. Nice. So it's an add-on feature. So it's a lot cheaper than I thought it would be. Middle of a game, yeah, the battery goes dead. Instead <laughs> I think it would be like a thousand bucks or something or more. Yeah. Charging ports on the side of the of the on the sidelines. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if you get acclimated to that thing and then you're like, hey, I I can't play. My my helmet's not charged. Mm. It's, it's too hot. Golly. We got so lucky in Abilene last week, Jamie. It it, it got like fifty five. At one point we, we were wearing long sleeve pullovers. It's like fifty eight degrees or something most of the entire day wow and then and the clouds just stayed and stayed and stayed and and then finally the last day uh uh it's like they turned on the the oven and man we got smoked but for for three of the four days in abilene i don't know what amarillo is going to be like or lubbock next week but oh my gosh what's it it like uh, what's it like up there in bartlesville now yeah across the red river embedded here for 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 a while it is i i think we're probably about five to eight degrees lower than austin is right now so um probably low 90s 
something like that. Mm. But uh, everything's green right now. Even at, I mean, Abilene, Weatherford, ton of rain. Unbelievable when you're driving around. I drive, you know, June is the month where I drive all over the great state, and I just can't believe how how green um, most of the great state is right now. And Abilene's no exception. I mean, it is just covered up. They have, they don't, all the lakes are full. The ponds are full. Great time to go fishing. And uh, anyway, it's going to be, hay, hay, hay is going to be cheaper. There's going to be abundance of hay uh, when they harvest it sometime probably in September. I bet it's a 50% reduction in the, the just kind of supply and demand type deal. So that that's good news. Yeah. But I did I did drive across and look at at uh, Lake Travis, and uh, it's still down. I don't know what I, when I I used to check that all the time because when we when we moved to Austin in 2012, it was like it was dropping daily, and I think it was down like 60 something feet. I don't know what it is now. I think the table, I think it needs to be up around six six eighty four or something like that, but. Lake Travis still seems down to me. I haven't been out there. The only thing I, I did is jump in the cold plunge yesterday. That was at uh, 42 degrees. It's nice. You lowered it to 42? Yeah, just for the cold plunge. Yeah. Oh. We I was coming back from uh, Abilene going through Wichita Falls and up through Lawton, and there was a – all of a sudden my – cell phone started screaming at me tornado warning tornado warning and i'm looking in front of me and there's a huge cell it's probably four four miles across moving west to east and i just stopped there were about 20 cars on the highway on i think it was interstate 40 and just pulled over and stopped put the hazards on and this thing was eerie i mean it was massive and I know that um, one of the towns in, in Texas took a took a beating. I saw the governor's statement earlier on that there was a loss of life. And and as we were sitting there, you could see the funnel clouds starting to spin and starting to turn. And I, I you know, of course, you run through your head. You know, what am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to do here if this thing, you know, comes down? And some people say, you know, you get under the overpass. And then I was like, no, that's the last thing you do. That creates a vacuum. You don't get under the overpass. And so I waited and then literally right above my truck, I could see um, many thousands feet above that the, the clouds were starting to spin. And I just said, the heck with this. I put it in drive and just took off and got, got the heck away from there. But that was a massive sell. Um, Jamie, good to see you. I will... Uh, Head to Amarillo. I'll be in touch this week. Uh, we'll be uh, on the air next Saturday. I appreciate Coach Jeff Whitehead from Hardin Simmons. Go back and listen to that. If you still want to play college football, Tide, you got some eligibility left. D3 program right there. They got plenty of room. <laughs> 225 yeah, people. Yeah. Get back in the weight room, TY. You can make it happen. Chiso's those boots, most comfortable boot you'll ever wear. Get you a pair. Get on in there and get on in there. We'll see you on the high ground. On the bright side of death I just before you draw your terminal breath